It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are post-game after the first win of the season. It was not pretty. It was just not pretty. The the Celtics had a 20-plus point lead. I think the lead was up to 23 at one point. They ended up beating the Brooklyn Nets by 5 after a massive 18-2 run to close out the fourth quarter by the Nets. But the Celtics, even though they had to put in their starters to finish out the quarter, they ended up winning this game. And in a month or two, we'll just forget that this even happened. When we go back and look back at the season and we say, oh, here are the wins and losses, we'll forget that this was a nail-biter. I am John Corrales. Joined by Sam Packard, Jay King is at the game in the locker room as we speak. Tonight's game, we have two sponsors. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by, of course, SeatGeek. If you are trying to get to a game like tonight's game and you want to get in, just download the SeatGeek app. We've got a promo code, LOCELTICS. You can use that to get into the game and you get 20 bucks back on your first order. We are also brought to you by BetDSI.com. BetDSI.com is the uh, one of the leaders in the industry of letting you put wagers on these games. And I hope you didn't put a wager on tonight's game because this was just a nail-biter. Uh, but if you wanted to, BetDSI.com is the way to go. You can bet on football, basketball, UFC, the presidential election. They've got everything going on. So BetDSI.com. In a minute, I'll give you a promo code for that as well. Okay, Sam. As this was happening at the end of the fourth quarter, what was going through your mind? This is atrocious. Why is this happening? <laughs> Just make a defensive stop? Just do do something positive? Uh, uh, it was not good. They were did the it was the bench unit, and if you look at it, it was right when they took I think it was Avery Bradley out about with like about five thirty left to play in the fourth quarter, and they had the full bench mob going, and they. Just couldn't do anything productive, but especially on the defensive end, it seemed like they they kind of got lazy. And although the Nets had kind of a lot of open threes um, throughout the game, it, it kind of felt like they were just kind of got easier baskets and baskets at the rim. Um, defensive rebounding was not a great. It was just kind of a, a an all in out failure by by that second unit. Um, so at the time, I was thinking this is not what we want to be doing. We saw some tweets out there. It's like, oh, this is going to be a good thing. The Celtics are going to get to arrest their starters on the first night of a back-to-back. <laughs> oh, it did not happen. No. It, here's the funny thing. So the Nets put in Chris McCullough and Isaiah Whitehead. They each played less than four minutes. Chris McCullough was a plus 14 in less than four minutes. Isaiah Whitehead a plus 12 in less than four minutes. Those guys, when they went in, I wrote down on my notepad, white flag. The white flag was waved with four minutes left to go in the game. And those guys ended up being part of this huge run. And so, They were pests. They were yeah. turnover machines. <laughs> it. I feel like, and, and maybe this just was one of those things where the Celtics – Got a little overconfident. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is where the Celtics get to see that they got a little overconfident. And look, if you're Brad Stevens and you get to walk into that locker room after this game 
And I, I think coaches relish the opportunity to have moments like this. Instead of a 25-point blowout where you got nothing to say, you get to go in after a win, and a win is a win. That's all that really matters. But you get to go in after that win and say, hey, guys, you guys relaxed, and you let Chris McCullough and Isaiah Whitehead be part of a massive comeback. So we've got 81 more games to go. And if you guys want to relax, the next game's not going to be McCullough and Whitehead coming in. It's going to be better guys against a better team, and we're not going to hold them off. They gave up 117 points to a team that may not win 20 games this year. So if you're looking for positives in this negative, I think if Brad Stevens can go into that locker room and just bluntly say, hey, okay, great, we won, but that was kind of bull the way you guys closed that out. And against a better team, we would lose that game. So clean your stuff up and go out there and play harder next time. Yeah, I think the biggest problem was with the turnovers, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, it's just kind of sloppy basketball and poor decision-making uh, all around. Not It wasn't just the bench unit. We saw Jay Crowder have that kind of terrible inbound pass from the corner. Ugh. Um, I give the starters a little bit of a pass just because they they had sat down and thought their night was done. So to kind of come back in, I'm, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. But it just seemed like the 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 bench unit had done so well earlier in the game that they kind of started believing themselves. There's just like a couple Gerald Green possessions where he took some what I would consider uh, ill-advised shots in the fourth quarter. Just yeah. the ball movement just stopped to work, and it kind of turned into that kind of solo basketball, and that's. You, that's what you expect to happen when your team's up 20, but then it's just mistake uh, compiles another mistake, and it just all of a sudden you find yourself, and it's a it's a five point game. But I thought you made the, a, a very good point on Twitter that a month from now, hopefully, the that won't be the the bench unit that'll be in there. Marcus Smart and Kelly Olynyk will be in the game, so hopefully you'll have more talent on the floor and. Uh, and less of that. Uh, I, Sam Sheehan actually uh, sent us a good stat. Is that the only uh, negative tonight for in terms of Celtics players were plus, plus minus were Gerald Green and Tyler Zeller. And he makes the point that you would imagine that that's, those are the two players that Marcus Smart and Kelly Olenek would be playing for. Yeah, so, that's true. In the moment, it's bad. But like you said, we're, gonna, we're not going to remember this uh, even two weeks from now. Yeah, no. Th- th- this is something that when we're, it, we're processing this – and and talk radio is going to have a field day with this, which drives me nuts. I, I saw, by the way, as an aside, I saw people on Twitter tweeting about the callers and Felger and Maz. And the self, do not, do not listen to Felger and Maz when it comes to the Celtics. Here's what you do. Unless you're a masochist. Unless no, you just enjoy right. pain. If, exactly, exactly. You, what you do is you download the, the Lockdown Celtics podcast. If you are a subscriber, it comes to your phone. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe to us. Search Lockdown Celtics. Search Rain and Jays on whatever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Audio Boom, we have our Lockdown Celtics page. Get the RSS feed. Put it in whatever app you want to get your, to get your podcast. And then play it during your drive home, play it during the, the spot where Felger and Maz would be playing. Just play us instead. If you're a Celtics fan, you want good Celtics talk, play us instead of those idiots. Because honestly, they are idiots when it comes to the Celtics. And I don't care about whatever. They're the top-rated show in Boston because people love to hate them. People listen to them so they can hate them. It's the Howard Stern effect. Do not listen to those guys for Celtics talk. Listen to us. We're here every day, Monday through Friday. If you have that show on, just put the aux cable in, put us on, and play us. Done. That will solve your problem. Because those guys, seriously, Felger and Maz, do not know a damn thing about basketball. And something I would say to their face, they do not know a damn thing about basketball. 
And I wouldn't even just single out Belgrade Mazza. I'd say b- both stations, all shows. As this is coming from someone, a former producer of the midday show at over at EEI. It's just basketball is not on their radar whatsoever. And so whenever they do talk about it, it's just kind of the the immediately contrived storyline. And there's no one. If you look at the Twitter feeds of any of the like kind of hosts of any on either station, no one was actually like paying attention to this game. And it's rare that they they were so. I, I just want to echo those thoughts that this basketball is not a not something that they care about on sports talk radio. That's fine. And you know what? Look, Felger will will talk hockey. If you want to if you want to talk about hockey, he'll talk about hockey. You can listen to him for hockey and other stuff. Like that's fine. That's his sport. I I if I was trying to talk hockey, I'd sound like an idiot. I don't know hockey as well as a lot of these guys do. But when it comes to basketball, we know what we're talking about. So Screw those guys. Don't listen to them because you'll only drive yourself nuts. It's not worth it. Put us on. Okay, that was a total aside. Back to tonight's game. I feel like I feel like the the end of the game really just puts you in in a rage, and then you just uh, yeah. and Belgrade Maz just sets you off. Let's try and focus in on the first forty minutes of the game. Let's get <laughs> let's go to a happy place. Here's here's a happy place. Here's a happy place. I'm gonna bring this up first because he never really gets brought up first when it comes to offense. But Jay Crowder, again, had a quietly awesome game. And I don't know how many people are going to come out of tonight's game talking about Crowder's offense, but this dude just dropped 21 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block on 60% shooting, and three of eight from three. That dude just dropped a great game. I know he had that turnover at the end, but that was as an aside, it's one of only two that he had. He had an awesome game. Jay Crowder was fantastic. He did that all in 29 minutes and just, I feel like he needs to be singled out because Crowder was just, again, quiet. Who has a game like that with those numbers that didn't seem like he had an awesome game, but he did. It was a great, great game for him. Yeah, and that's all without uh, ever going to the line, which I feel like uh, is something he added to his game at the at the end of last year. Um, so he didn't even attempt a free throw. So that was just all on on made field goals. Uh, and Jay King doesn't want to say he doesn't want to recognize that he has a kind of a, a quicker release. But it's something both uh, you and I uh, noticed in the preseason, and it definitely felt like he's it, that was there tonight. And he's quick to shoot that three, and he's confident in the three. And three of eight's kind of the exact percentage you you want him to be shooting. Uh, I just thought he played a, a very good offensive game, and it's they're they're going to need that because Isaiah Thomas. If basically they're going to need Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley kind of step up and score at least fifteen to twenty points a game every single night because Isaiah Thomas can't do it all. And uh, I have one question for you: Are you do you have any concerns about? Um, Al Horford only taking eight shots in this game? No, not really, because I feel like that's a, a typical Al Horford line. He he was much more of a passer. He's always going to be a, a passer. He had six assists in the game. So remember, they they had a twenty three point lead at this point. He didn't need to take any more than eight shots. So and he he hit five of them. So it's it's not a big deal to me. So I think there will be games where he takes 10, 12, maybe 15 shots. But really on a good team, your leading scorer will probably take 20-plus shots. And nobody on this team took more than 15. So yeah, Horford took about half that. But I think he was he was very effective in that time. And he had a very positive impact. He was a plus thirteen, which was second best on the team. So, and he had four blocks. He had he had five rebounds. So he had a nice overall game, a nice impact. Uh, I think that Horford's impact on this team is going to be bigger than what his numbers will show. And we've been saying that I think all along. So I'm not. I'm really not concerned. In fact, the fact that you brought that up. I was a little surprised that it was only eight because when I was watching the game, it felt like he took more. So he had a bigger impact than what those numbers showed. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a stat that kind of that stuck out to me. A, a similar reaction to you, only eight. And in 
in retrospect is like if you like would want him taking a higher number, but then when you think about the actual game flow and the fact that he only played 27 minutes, I would have to imagine um, if this was a closer game throughout, he'd probably get up closer to 30 and he'd probably be looking to uh, score more. But it, it's just looking back at the box score. I was, I was surprised at that number and you would think that he will probably be a kind of score more than 11 points. I would hope he's like up closer to kind of 18, 20 per game, but you're, you're right. He made his contribution wasn't necessarily, it's not going to be entirely just on making baskets. Yeah. When you are Al Horford, the center dropping six assists and blocking four shots. I mean, I think all of these ancillary things that he did, and I was watching some of these plays where he was setting four and five screens in the flow of an extended offense where they're really working the ball around. I, I, I'm, I'm really not concerned about it. I wouldn't be surprised against the Bulls if, he's, if he took 15 or 16 shots. So it's going to be a game-to-game thing, and I think he's smart enough to feel – what's going on, and if if they need him to be a bigger part of the offense, he will do that. But, you know, Crowder was hitting. Avery Bradley was hitting. Avery Bradley had a really, really nice game. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had a nice game. He shot 50%. Wasn't great from three, but it went to the line nine times and hit all nine shots. So 25 points, nine assists, and six rebounds for Isaiah Thomas, by the way. So that's pretty amazing. You're... you're your what third leading rebounder was Isaiah Thomas, the smallest guy on the on the team. So, but as an aside, I think Al Horford can recognize when he needs to take more shots, when he has the matchup advantage, and when he can take advantage of those things and contribute in a scoring way. So, I, I trust Al Horford to kind of figure that stuff out. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think he's definitely a pass first uh, type of player, but uh, I. He overall he had a he had a good contribution to this game, a good debut for Al Horford. Yeah. I would bet my money on Al Horford having a, a very good season and figuring things out. If there is a way on betdsi.com to bet on Al Horford having a great season, I would do it. Uh, but that's probably the only thing you can't bet on on betdsi.com. They've got twenty years in the business, it's a top rated uh, site, they are business safe. They have a great uh, variety of things you can bet on. And here's the thing. You get a 100% bonus on your first deposit, and we will give you $10 free to try their service. You just go to BetDSI.com. You enter the promo code CELTICS10. CELTICS10. You're going to get 10 bucks free to try them out. And if you put more in, they will give you a 100% bonus on your first deposit. It's fast, easy payment of your winnings. They got live in-game wagering on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually anything. You can bet on UFC. You can bet on the presidential race if you want to. I think that's a great idea. If you are into that sort of thing, by all means, go to betdsi.com, enter the promo code CELTICS10, and you can bet on just about anything you want. I... And betting on Jalen Brown being a big part of this offense. And I like the impact that he had. He played 20 minutes. He shot three of four. He had some highlights. He had a great pass to Isaiah Thomas in transition. He did some really nice things. And I know it's against the Nets again. So we have to wait to see how he plays Sam against the rest of the league. But... I think in these opportunities that he's had in transition to get out there and run and play, just play this mindless basketball and not be part of, not to worry about being part of the the, the half court offense. He's really shown a lot, and I liked how he played tonight. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised that he was the first guy off the bench uh, for Brad Stevens, but it kind of made sense because um, throughout the preseason, uh, Stevens was going to Marcus Smart and uh, in for Amir Johnson. And kind of going with that smaller lineup with that uh, more versatility. So without Smart, it makes sense that Brown would fit in. I was really impressed with uh, Brown's play in, in like the in the strong side corner. I think it's just his ability to 
uh, attacked the basket. We saw him had a nice kind of um, one backdoor cut he got for a dunk, and then two just outrageous uh, attempts at dunks that got him to the free throw line. That first one oh against— Oh, my God. It was absurd. Just like the gumption this guy has to be like to have any thoughts of turning that into a dunk is absolutely absurd. And I loved it. And it got him to the line. It's exactly what he's gonna like need to do. And it's it's I think Mike Gorman said it on the broadcast is that he's thinking to get to the basket at every single moment. Um and it's just wonderful to see. And he had much more of an impact uh than I thought he would early on and didn't really have any of the the defensive mishaps that um, we saw him have uh, in the preseason. So it was, a, it was a very good contribution. And then on top of all that, on top of the one-handed kind of pass to Isaiah in transition, he showed his little post-game turnaround with that kind of high one off the glass. Yep. So he, it's, it's exactly what you'd want from a 19-year-old or now a 20-year-old in his first game, just showing little flashes of everything. Um, he wasn't a star at this point, but he showed you that the potential's still there and there's reason to believe uh, the hype will continue into the regular season. Yeah, I, I think that it was a nice debut. And I have tempered my expectations because, as I've said on the show, I've said on the site, I think that facing actual NBA talent, being game planned for, it's different. He's going to face a different environment than a preseason in summer league where, where guys are just trying to show that they could execute defenses. So what that means is if you're being told to close out aggressively, you do that no matter what. You're trying to follow orders. But in a regular season game where winning is the primary objective, and that's not necessarily, not necessarily the primary objective in the preseason, you game plan for a guy like that. And you say, he can't shoot. Don't let him get by me for the dunk. And so – Better teams will lay off of him a little bit. They will close out less aggressively. They will not let him get by them. And I think we're going to see a little less of the uh, the highlights moving forward. So, But I think still, with all that in mind, he still took advantage of those opportunities that he had. Uh, he got a, a couple of really nice passes. He made a really nice pass. He finished. It's a, a nice debut for Jalen Brown, who, you know, powered through his first basket. He got a, a pass along the baseline, powered through a big guy for the layup. He showed uh, a couple of flashes. It was great. And again, first guy off the bench in this situation, it normally probably would be Marcus Smart, and Olenek would probably get a, into the game before him. But he is going to be part of this rotation, and Brad Stevens thinks enough of him to put him in the game and play him and see where it goes. Yeah, no, it's it's it really shows. And I was I made a prediction before the season that it, that looks kind of stupid now though, that they might trade for someone on the backup wing. And that's a I know we're doing a lot of reaction to one game into the season, but it was just kind of it was nice to see him not to try and go above and beyond. It was like he knew exactly what his role was and and did it well. And that's exactly what you want him to do. Um, early on in this stage. And so when Smart and Olenek come back, it's just going to be that much better because he's going to have to do a little bit less and can that be that much more successful. Yeah. So the Celtics now move on to Chicago on the back-to-back. If you are a Celtics fan who is in Chicago, you know, you can get to this game still. If you go to the SeatGeek app, if you haven't downloaded it, do that. Download the SeatGeek app. It's the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person. If you are in the Chicago area tomorrow or tonight, whenever you listen to this Thursday night, if you're in Charlotte on Saturday, if you are in Boston next week on Wednesday, download the SeatGeek app. You can just decide. You don't even have to decide now. Decide on game day. Don't download it now. Download it on game day if you want. If you say, okay, I want to go to this game, download it, sign up, and you can get game. You can get into the game immediately. You don't have to print the ticket. You can, you can find the ticket as you're walking to the arena. So Chicago, Charlotte, Boston, wherever you are, download it as you're walking to the arena, buy the ticket, 
And if you go in, into the settings tab and enter the promo code LOCELTICS, you get 20 bucks back off of your first purchase. So you do that, you get 20 bucks back after you buy your first uh, tickets on, this, uh, on the app with that promo code. And you just walk right in. Show them your phone. They give you the ticket, the little QR code thing. They scan it. Boom, you're in. And you'll be able to look at the arena and find all of the dots. You'll see green dots for good deals, yellow dots for okay, red dots, you know, not so great deals. They do all of the legwork for you. I've used it. I know Sam's used it. And it's, it's a great app. So download the app. Go to the settings tab, enter the promo code LOCELTICS. You get 20 bucks back off of your first purchase on the SeatGeek app. So, until Marcus Smart gets back, until Kelly Olynyk is ready to go, we're seeing these weird little substitution patterns. Tonight, Tyler Zeller got 10 minutes of play, which was, I know he was a minus 8. Wait, no, that's in the fourth quarter. He was minus eight in the fourth quarter. He was minus nine overall. But he still had a nice game. 13 points, four rebounds, three assists. And until that little collapse at the end, he was having this nice little impact on the team. Yeah, it's it, it's it's weird because it's he's so, I guess, inconsistent. We saw him when he had... Um, when he's playing with Rondo and he kind of had uh, can be the pick and roll big, he had incredibly soft hands and had an ability to finish at the rim. Um, so we saw some flashes of that tonight. Uh, I remember one uh, just amazing pass from Isaiah Thomas that, to a cutting Zeller. And anytime he does anything like this, Tommy Heinsohn is going to go on and on about his soft, soft hands. Tommy Heinsohn is in love with Tyler Zeller's hands. Well, but with good reason. He's the type of guy who can finish around the rim. And if he's making that kind of elbow extended jumper, uh, he's a nice little role player there. Now, he was on the court um, during the, that kind of the tumultuous collapse. Uh, but that's it's, it's kind of to be expected because the whole team was uh, kind of playing uh, poorly then. But if you get him in the rhythm of the offense and he's um, rolling to the rim or popping out uh, off of the pick and roll, he can be an effective player. And this is coming from someone who kind of denigrated his basically his entire existence in the preseason and suggested he may be cut. So it was, it was nice to see that he kind of could come back and, and actually contribute. Um, it, I was, it was a pleasant surprise, even, uh, even with that bad fourth quarter. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, that's a nice little thing to see. Uh, we've seen from uh, a couple people on Twitter using the hashtag Rain and Jays, Daniel Reif, is it Reifler? Reifler? Sure. If Zeller could play the Nets more, his career would be reborn. And uh, at M. Banasek, God Zeller. <laughs> I love the God Zeller. I, I want Tyler Zeller to be an integral part of this team, which I know he's not, but I want him to be an integral part of this team just so I can use more Godzilla gifs. And I use gif, not jif. I'm wholeheartedly a support that it's, I'm, it's gif. It's a G. I think it's, you're right. It's, it's graphic. It's, it's, it's a soft, it's graphic interchange format. I don't know why people would use J Jif. I ugh, I don't. Even this is like coming that. from the reigning Jays too. Like you think we'd be supporting? No, it's GIF. No, no. I think it's GIF. I think it's totally GIF, and it's always been GIF. And I don't know why anybody would you say otherwise. I know the person who created it, but whatever. It's anyway. As an aside, I want to use Godzilla gifts all all season long. I got eighty one games left. I got a ton of Godzilla gifts I could use. Just. Tyler Zeller, be productive and good, please. But whatever. Uh, so a couple of comments there from Raining Jays. If you are on Twitter and you're listening, look, we've got a, a, a game tomorrow. We've got a game this weekend. Send us thoughts with the hashtag Raining Jays. Now, tomorrow, we are not going to do the show. We normally will be doing the post-game shows. For those who are listening, as the season moves forward, it's probably going to be me and you, Sam, for the post-game shows while Jay is in the locker room getting his game stories done and everything. But tomorrow is a different story because 
Jay is going to be in Chicago, and he's going to be talking to the host of the Locked On Bulls podcast, Sean Hyken, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he is a great writer. He runs a great site. He does a great podcast. So Jay and Sean will talk after the Celtics Bulls tomorrow. That'll be the Friday podcast. So the Thursday podcast is us. Those guys will be the Friday podcast. I think uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear it. But it's it's nice that those guys are getting together in Chicago. So since this will be our last podcast for a couple of days, Sam, we got the Bulls, we got the Hornets. What do you think after after this game? We're gonna go. We're gonna win those two games or what? I would have to say that we probably win both games, but it's it's going to be very interesting to see what the Bulls are like because they have kind of this talented team, um, but it doesn't really make sense. They don't have any shooting, but Jimmy like Jimmy Butler's a good player. You. Dwayne Wade at the start of the season is not going to be broken down and hobbled, so he's also a good player. Rondo, we know what he can do. They just signed R.J. Hunter, apparently, so maybe he'll have a huge revenge game. What uh, but I, I'm more You send it all along that he's going to end up at the Bulls. So that would be amazing. I don't think he's going to have an any impact, but whatever. I don't think he's going to play whatsoever, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm more confident the Celtics can win the Bulls game than I am against Charlotte. Charlotte was a, a – as Close games uh, against Celtics all last year. Uh, Kemba Walker's always dangerous. They just have a more uh, talented team and a more cohesive team. I really uh, think Steve Clifford is a very good coach and will have them be um, clicking on offense. So that will be a more interesting game. Uh, I don't know how fatigue is going to play into this because Chicago is going to be a back-to-back and then uh, Charlotte's going to be the third game in four nights. So Hopefully with the shorter bench, that doesn't come into play. But uh, I think the Celtics have reason to be confident in both games. I would agree. I think I'm going to flip that around. Chicago worries me a little bit more than Charlotte does. I think Charlotte is uh, a little bit more – I mean, they're a little gutted. They they lost some really important players from their team. So I don't think that they're going to be as dangerous – this year, in fact, I'm not sure that they're going to make the playoffs this year. So, But Chicago is that weird team where they can't really shoot, but they've got guys. Like, if you're not careful, they will penetrate and just kill you. If you don't play them the way you're supposed to play them, you lose your focus and – you start closing out on them a little too hard, they'll get by you. And the Celtics aren't exactly great rim protectors, so it's going to be an interesting game. I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. If the Celtics do lose one of these two games, I think that'll be the one that they lose. Yeah, the one thing that fears me about that Chicago game is Jimmy Butler just playing the I'm the best player on the court card and taking over. Because he did it a couple times against the Celtics last year. Uh, so it's definitely something he's capable of. Um, so who knows? It's going to be interesting. Celtics are on national television. That's always fun. And it's just good to have basketball back. I forgot wow. how much I missed it. Just like looking at all the different Twitter updates from the rest of the game. Anthony Davis put up 50 tonight, which is insane. I need to go back and watch that game. I'm going to go on to League Pass and just play that thing back real quick. It's really just it's a fun time of year. I love this time of year. We're podcasting. The World Series is going on right now. When I left the World Series, I flipped over. There, The Cubs were winning. There's a no-hitter going on in the World Series. I don't even know what's going <laughs> I on no with idea. that. I have no idea what's going on with that now. We've just spent about 35 minutes podcasting. There's there's a no-hitter going on in the freaking World Series, and I don't even know if that's even still the case. But football is back. If you're a football fan, hockey's going on. October, November is just such a great time of year. But most importantly, basketball is back. And the Celtics are back, and they won. I don't care that they almost blew a 23-point lead. They didn't. They won. They won by five. They've got things that they need to work on, but that's okay at this point of the season. They don't even have their full team. Marcus Smart, Kelly Olynyk, still on the on the bench at this point. So there are things that will not necessarily be the case moving forward. They still have a game tomorrow. The Celtics did get out rebounded. 
That's a concern. But we'll see how much that impacts the game tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, then they get a few days rest to come back. So that's the situation. Remember, tomorrow, Jay King and Sean Hyken will get a podcast right after the Celtics-Bulls game. That's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be your Friday listening. Uh, just turn that on. Subscribe to us wherever it is you get your, your podcasts. Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Just subscribe. Rate us five stars, by the way, so more people can find the show. And just put it on on your afternoon drive so you don't have to listen to those other idiots talk or try to talk basketball. Remember to visit our sponsors, our friends at SeatGeek. They will get you tickets that are very reasonably priced, cheap tickets to whatever events you want to go to, basketball, football, a concert, wherever it is that you are. Go to SeatGeek, uh, download the app, enter the promo code LOCELTICS, and you will get 20 bucks back after your first purchase. If you're interested in putting a wager on these games, go to BetDSI.com. Use the code CELTICS10. You'll get 10 bucks free. Before we go, I'm going to leave you with some bonus audio. This is me talking on the Big Jab 96.3 FM in Portland, Maine with Javier Garidi and Chris Sedenka. But this was recorded before the game, talking a little bit broadly about the Celtics. So enjoy this. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, PM Jam, Javier Garini, Chris Sedanka rolling through a Wednesday afternoon. Yo, yo, it is yo. game night. C's open up their schedule tonight, taking on the New Jersey Nets. To talk about that from RedsArmy.com, also the Locked On Celtics podcast at RedsArmy underscore John. He is John Corrales. What's up, buddy? How you guys doing? Good, man. John, we're ready, man. We're ready. Good. Good. How are you doing? That's the question. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> How excited should C's fans be here? Uh, obviously, tonight kicks off a season, a season that I think holds a lot of promise. Yeah, how how hyped up are you getting? Where's your where's your realistic expectation here? Well, I mean, my realistic expectation is that this is going to be a fun season and it's going to be the obviously best uh season that we've had since the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett era came to an end. So, we're looking forward to a team that consensus speaking is going to be like 50 plus wins we're looking at a, a really really good team here so one of the best teams in the east and this is the beginning of what should be a lot of fun so yeah we should be excited this is actually a night to be really excited john uh marcus smart's going to start on the shelf unfortunately but um you know we, celtics will move on celtics still obviously very deep and i just wonder from your opinion and, and what we should expect to see from the rotation and i imagine we'll see a little bit more terry rosier yeah, I mean, Rozier's probably going to be the primary backup to Isaiah Thomas. The way the preseason ended, it looked like Smart was going to be in that role, the primary ball handler, and Rozier was going to be playing more off the ball, but now he's going to have to handle the backup duties, which is fine. He's okay in that role. We'll have to see how he does against better competition, which obviously isn't going to be tonight because they're playing Brooklyn, but we'll have to wait to how they, you know, when they face the, the, the Bulls and and other actual NBA teams. But uh, until then, it should be okay. And we'll see more Gerald Green. And Brad Stevens will kind of experiment and, and work through some things. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how it's all going to go. But Smart is going to be an integral part of this whole thing. And I think ultimately when he gets back and is healthy, he'll be the guy that's bringing the ball up most of the time. Rozier's shot is just so much better than Smart's at this point. So I think Rozier is going to be better coming off of the ball, coming off of some screens, catching and shooting. But he's good enough as a ball handler and a decision maker, we think, that he'll be able to catch. And if there's a defender in front of him, he can make a move, make a decision, make the right pass. And then Smart kind of goes off the ball. It's, all, it's almost like this amoeba type of offense. Remember the UNLV amoeba defense back in the day? But this is like the amoeba offense where – 
both guys can handle the ball. Both guys can move and, and pass and, and penetrate. So I think Rozier is going to do okay in the week or so that it takes for Marcus Smart to come back. Uh, John, you look at this bench, and obviously uh, this this team was pretty deep last year. And like you uh, mentioned in one of your articles, uh, you know, once the playoffs hit, that didn't look as deep. But but in fairness, I think also you're thrusting guys into roles that they probably weren't uh, cut out for, with all the front line guys kind of going down or being, uh, you know, pretty reduced by the time the uh, the uh, playoffs rolled around. So when you look at this bench, and Marcus Smart, like we just mentioned, is hurt to start out, and Olenek's got some issues as well. Uh, how do you like this group? Do you think it's deep enough to 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 for this Celtics team to be what most people think it's going to be? I think it is when it's healthy, and that's that's a key thing. That's one of the problems for the Celtics this year. Health is going to be a key thing for them. Last year, they were pretty lucky up until the end of the season, where Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley were suffering some injuries. Obviously, Avery Bradley in the in the playoffs, but when Olenek is healthy. And him coming off of the bench as basically the primary offensive threat, I think that's going to push him to be more aggressive, and that's something that he needs. And Marcus Smart being healthy, and I don't think that injury is really that bad to his ankle. It's, it's just a sprain. But they're going to be cautious since it's the beginning of the season. I know we're all excited for it to start, but it's still only the beginning of the season. So they're, they're going to let him make sure he gets back and is healthy. And then – With those two guys back and in the rotation, it lets other guys play the roles that they're supposed to play. Most importantly, I think, is Jonas Jarebko, a guy that we don't talk about a lot. But when he's playing the four, he is really effective switching, and and he's really able to take advantage of the matchup at the four. If he's forced to play the three, he becomes much less effective. And I know the Celtics lineup is built on versatility, Jarebko's versatility comes with him starting at the four and then switching. He starts at the three. He really gets into some problematic situations. But when everybody's healthy and this team can play at its maximum potential, a guy like Jarebko is an underrated piece who can play a very important role and and really tie everything together. He's that like little thing that just makes everything work. John, this is a team that's getting a lot of attention to finish potentially second, maybe third, you know, definitely in the in the top four of when this season is, you know, when it's all said and done at the end of the regular season. My question is, if that's going to be the case, these are the kind of games that we saw this team struggle in last year to close to close lesser opponents out and and to kind of take that next step. I believe that you know this team really needs to show that. They are at a at a different class than what they're facing tonight. So I imagine a good way to a good way to kind of get that message across is to come out here tonight and just blow the nets away. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think Chris, uh, you know, they have to go out and put lesser teams in their place. They have to show that they are part of that elite, or at least close to elite. We know that they're not in the Golden State-Cleveland class when both teams are playing at their, at their best. Or San Antonio, as we saw last night, they blew out Golden State. But those elite, elite teams, the Celtics aren't in that yet. But they're trying to get there. So coming out on a night like tonight, opening up at home against a team that not only is going to be one of the worst teams in the league, they basically hold the key to your future. You have their picks for the next two years. So you can play a big role in your own future by crushing them and giving them another loss and making that draft pick better. If you come out tonight, if the Celtics come out tonight and are flat in any way, that will be hugely disappointing. I don't think they're going to be flat. If anything, they're going to be a little too hyped up and you're going to see a lot of shots hitting back rim. These guys are going to be jumping a little too high, a little too hard, pushing a little too hard, and you're going to see some misses and some careless turnovers. It might take a quarter to settle in. Wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. If they came out flat and lethargic, it would be shocking and really disappointing. John, look at this team inside. Obviously, Horford's it's a big upgrade uh, offensively and maybe even a little bit defensively, but this is a team that had all sorts of trouble 
handling uh, centers last year, handling good players inside, had all sorts of trouble uh, in the rebounding game, and Sullinger's not there anymore, who was their best rebounder for all his faults, and Horford doesn't live up to that when it comes to that part of his game. So at the end of the day, I mean, is this still a team that's very susceptible inside, and how do they go about sort of changing that? Well, I think with Horford and Amir Johnson uh, on the blocks, they're okay. It's not bad. And I'm not going to say that Horford, statistically Horford is not percentage-wise the rebounder that Sullinger was, but he's also not been asked to do some of those those same things, and he was pretty good as a rebounder in the preseason. So I'm going to wait before we get into – some of the Horford rebounding numbers. They are susceptible to bigger, more powerful centers. Playing Atlanta and facing Dwight Howard is going to be interesting. You know, going up against bigger, stronger guys will be a little bit tough. But I think that they also have an advantage on the other end, speed-wise, being able to pull that defender away. So there are two sides to this coin. You can say that a bigger, stronger guy will maybe be able to score, but will that guy be able to defend those guys? And when a Linux is healthy, will a bigger, more back-to-the-basket type of center be able to defend the Celtics with those bigs on the floor? So I'll take that because the Celtics will be able to run, and they want to, as Brad Stevens said, fly around. They'll be able to go and get into transition and take advantage of bigger, slower guys like Howard or Greg Monroe or the other big centers in the NBA. So... On one side, yeah, they might get beat, but they can take advantage of that on the other side and negate it or even turn it into uh, their own advantage. John, I saw that you saw the uh, tweet from Chad Finn earlier about the <laughs> the Jared Sullinger comparison to uh, Al Horford of, or what else was going on down in Boston Sports Radio. And I really hope that's the minority and nothing against Jared Sullinger. He was a fine player and a, and a good, good soldier for the Celtics for for a few years, but I mean, Al Horford is at such a different level and I hope, I hope we get to see that in game one here tonight. Yeah. Look, I like, I love Sellinger. I think he is an underrated player. We we've seen, we know that his impact is, is pretty good. He's a really good rebounder. He's kind of sneaky in a lot of ways, but look, Al Horford is just better. There's just no, you can't, if, if somebody came onto your show and started saying that you'd have to shut him down. It's just no, there's just, that's no, yes. no, you yes. can't say that no. thing. No. But no. Sullinger is nice, but Horford is a multi-time all-star who goes out there and not only can rebound, and I do think he can rebound, I think that he is, well, first of all, he's taller and he can do a lot of things that Sullinger couldn't just because by virtue of height. He's a better pick and roll player. He's a better pick and pop player. He's a better shooter. He is a better passer. He is just better. He's just a better player. And it's not a knock on Sollinger. It's just Wolford is just really, really good at basketball. And he raises everybody else's game, and Sollinger did not. Putting Horford on the floor makes Isaiah Thomas better, makes Avery Bradley better, makes Jay Crowder better. Sollinger on the floor did nice things, but it doesn't make those other guys better than who they are. So Horford is just a better player his impact is greater and his impact will go beyond whatever statistics some caller on boston sports radio will <laughs> pull off of espn.com uh how how pa- how patient are, are celtics fans going to be here with uh, the jalen brown just the whole deal right uh, very high pick it'll be interesting to see how much he contributes probably not that much early and other guys are gonna get more playing time and with teams that uh, need those guys to play more right away. So how patient are Celtics fans going to have to be here? I think I think Celtics fans, by and large, can be and should be patient because he's not going to be required to do a lot right away. There are other options. If they need to go to Gerald Green more, then that's fine. It's not great, but that's fine. It's not like we're the 76ers. It's not like we're the Celtics of three years ago. So it's he can contribute at his own pace. The Celtics can comfortably sit him a game or two if he's just not getting it. Give him a couple of DNPs, have him work through some things at practice. They can figure that out. It's not going to be detrimental to the overall team's performance. 
It'd be nice to have him in there performing well. He can do some things really well. He can he can be a nice defender out in transition already. He's NBA level. He's a monster in transition. But if he's hurting you more than he's helping you, the Celtics are in a position because they're really good. They have a lot of other really good players. They can do things like that. Look, Jarebko, I just talked about Jarebko. They can put him at the four in places where they'd put Jalen Brown at the four and be okay, they'd be fine, and let Brown figure it out. So patience is a virtue for Celtics fans. I think Brown is going to do some things that are going to be pretty spectacular. I think we need to kind of temper our expectations because the regular season is different than summer league. It's different than the preseason. We're going to see different levels of defense. He's going to see a higher level of defender in front of him. He's going to be game planned for. So I would expect a little bit of a step back. And, hey, if if there's not a step back, great. But don't be surprised if some of the things that he was doing in the preseason don't translate because it's just a different game now. From RedsArmy.com, he's also from the Locked On Celtics podcast at RedsArmy underscore John on Twitter. He's John Corrales. John, uh, enjoy the start of the season tonight, my friend. It's going to be fun talking to you all year. Looking forward to it. Oh, I'm looking forward to it too, guys. Thanks, bud. Thanks, John. Take care. Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031.18 and $38 per line per month for five lines with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, streams, UDL, KHC 1080p, music to 1.5 megabits per second, gaming up to 8 megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network use rules and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features differ, coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button.